Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. As a teaching professor, my students often tell me that their favorite part of class was when I chatted with them in what they called Linda's Life Lessons. I would take five or ten minutes at some point in class, not every day, and chat about things that had come up, maybe in one-on-one meetings with students in my office or a question asked in class. There's pretty much nothing out of bounds. We talk about it. Sometimes students respond right away. Other times, they would reach out to me privately. Some of them are still in touch years later, referring to how something we talked about has stayed with them. I was unaware of how the students referred to the chats until a previous student stopped into my office. He, talking about you, Robert, surprised me by telling me how much he missed me and my chats now that he was finished with my class. I was shocked because he never said a word to me, not until this moment. He was like, well, I learned a ton about finance in your class, but Linda's life lessons were the best. The name stuck. In these podcasts, I share tips for students and parents, helpful guidance through the college years, and a few stories along the way. We chat about situations students have found themselves in and how we navigated it. Along the way, we talk about some do's and don'ts for parents, too. In this episode, we talk about choosing a major. Students describe this as something that stresses them out and gives them anxiety. So in this episode, I'll try to unpack things a bit and give some guidance. So how does a person choose a major that is right for them? First things first. Let's acknowledge that it is really hard to know, at age 18 or 19, what you want to do for the rest of your life. If you truly have no clue, I honestly feel there is no shame in you taking a year or two to work, so you can figure things out and get some direction for yourself. Note that I said work. It's not okay to say, well, I don't know what I want to do, so I'm just going to chill for a while and then end up sitting on the sofa watching Netflix or playing video games for the next year or two. Not okay. That won't help you figure out what you want, and it's likely to take you to some pretty dark places because you'll start to feel stuck and potentially downright depressed. So don't do that. Let's say that you're in school right now and you're feeling the pressure. You're spending, well, someone is spending money for you to be in school, but you just don't know what your major is. Maybe you started with one major in mind, say biology, and got into those first science classes and they didn't go well. So you switched, maybe to business. We see this a lot. So now you're in this different major and you're not really committed to it, or maybe you went with undecided. And if you're undecided, things feel squidgy and icky because no one likes indecision in their lives. Human nature is that we'll make a decision, even a bad decision, just to get rid of those feelings of indecision. I'm here to tell you that it's totally okay to be undecided about your major. You've basically got two years, maybe even two and a half years of taking general education courses the courses that lay the foundation for your upper-level classes that are more specific to the major you decide upon. So, okay, you're undecided. I want to encourage you to make sure that you are making the decision about your major for yourself. Let me share some stories about why it can be actually a good thing 
to be undecided, and why I'm so passionate about you making this decision for yourself. My husband was the oldest child in his family and was the first person to head to college. Neither of his parents nor any of his grandparents had gone to college. My mother-in-law decided that Keith, my husband, should be an engineer. I've never actually heard why she thought that, but off Keith went to college to learn to be an engineer. Let me tell you, Keith is not an engineer. He enjoyed much about the college experience itself, but heading down a path to being an engineer wasn't for him. He floundered a bit and nearly completely quit school. He ended up at a small, private college and discovered economics as a field of study. This was perfect for him, very natural for the way he thinks. He ended up loving the field so much that he earned his PhD and taught economics for over 36 years. Now that's a good fit. My own path in college was rather all over the place. The first part of it, the only part we'll talk about today, was that I, like my husband, was the first child and in the end the only child to go to college. My older siblings went down a different path. Although my grandmother was trained as and worked as a teacher. As an aside, she was so encouraging of me going to college, I'll never forget. She's been gone for many years, but I still thank her for that unending support. So thanks, Graham. I graduated from high school and headed to college to study fashion design. I'm a creative person and had been sewing since I was about seven years old, old enough to hold a needle. It seemed a natural fit for me. After I got settled into college, started meeting people and making friends, a funny thing started happening. When other students asked me what my major was, They were always surprised when I told them fashion design. It happened so frequently that I got sort of a complex about not being good enough to be in fashion. I finally confessed this to one of my roommates, who hastened to clarify what was really happening. She said, no, people are surprised that you're in fashion, but it's not about you being creative enough or good enough. They're surprised because you're so much nicer and friendlier than the other fashion majors. With that explanation, which I'm not certain I agreed with, I moved on. Sort of. A year later, I became seriously ill and spent about 10 days in a modified care unit, which was just not quite serious enough for intensive care. And I was in isolation most of the time. This was pre-cable TV and recorded videos and internet and all of those wonderful options. I was in a room, alone, with three local TV stations available to me. This means that I had plenty of time to think and reflect on where I was headed. As an aside, that time alone was life-changing for me, and for as much as it sucked to be so sick, I'm actually grateful for that time. Alone in my room, I started to think about what I was likely to do with my fashion degree when I finished. I looked seriously at what other graduates from the design program were doing, and I realized it wasn't for me. There was a big reason fashion wasn't a good fit for me, and I think that's what my classmates were getting at when they registered surprise at my choice of major. I'm way too sensitive to have been able to do what I needed to do to be successful in fashion. If you've ever watched a show like Project Runway, you'll get my meaning. I'm reduced to tears, well, 
I'm better now than I was in my 20s, but I was reduced to tears when someone didn't like what I created for them. It diminished me and sent me to unhealthy places. So, time alone, reflecting, fashion, although still a love, was not my major. Actually, my next story is rather an extension of the story I just told you about my own switching of my major. I needed time to recover from my illness, which meant making some changes in my life. Eventually, I ended up moving out, away from my family, and started working full-time while going to school part-time. It's what made sense. So, now I was in a clerical position, working at a financial institution. I was working with a number of young professionals, all guys, who had graduated with degrees in accounting or finance. So I watched these young men, three of them in particular, day in and day out. We were working together, so they were pretty easy to observe. Of the three of them, only one of them actually liked his job. He wasn't passionate about it, but he did like it. One of the others walked around talking to himself all the time, well, muttering to himself. He repeated over and over and over, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. As if he was trying to convince himself that he did indeed love his job. None of us were convinced, nor was he. The third guy was miserable. Two years out of college, and this wasn't what he really wanted. What he really wanted was to be a fighter pilot for the Navy. And eventually, he quit his job to go do what he really wanted to do. Fast forward, and now I'm teaching college students. I was teaching a class of juniors and seniors. In one of their writing assignments, they were tasked with sharing something that no one else knew about them. While there were many very interesting stories, some of them were startling and downright heartbreaking. Students shared with me that they would rather be a different major than the one they were pursuing. You wouldn't believe the number of students who shared this. I was just astonished. I invited each of them to come to my office for a chat. Every single one of them told me they were in their major because of family pressure. That's what their family expected of, and in some cases, demanded of them. One student told me their mother told them they had to be an accountant so they would make enough money to take care of her because she gave birth to them. Not a joke. A different one was an accounting major because everyone in her family was an accountant, but she really wanted to be a nurse. Because of all these students and their stories, I am very passionate about encouraging my students, all people really, to think things through and make decisions for themselves, especially about your chosen career path. Living your life hating what you do or being unhappy, that's living someone else's life, not living for yourself. So let's talk about how to figure out what your major should be. Let's start basic. When you're in your classes, pay attention to how it feels. If you pay attention, there are probably some clues for you. To show you what I mean by this, here's another story. At one point in my career, I was traveling around teaching a quilting technique I invented. I would lecture to a group of people one night 
and then the next day I would teach a workshop. There were usually between 20 and 50 people in these workshops. We started around 8 a.m. They were working on a project to help them learn my technique. I would walk around and help them. By noon, I could tell you who in the group was either an accountant or a nurse. I couldn't distinguish between the two fields, but I was never wrong in guessing that a person was one of the two. One or the other. How was I able to figure this out? And no, I'm not clairvoyant. One clue was the way in which they set up their workspace. Very precise, and things had to be put in certain spots. The other telltale sign was their comfort zone in what they were doing in this workshop. Part of the assignment was to pull random, pre-cut pieces and add them to their project. One clue was the way in which they set up their workspace. Very precise, and things had to be put in certain spots. The other telltale sign was their comfort zone in what they were doing in this workshop. Part of the assignment was to pull random, pre-cut pieces and add them to their project. The nurses and accountants could not let it be random. They would pull squares and arrange and discard and arrange some more until they were pleased with the overall arrangement and color placement. Interestingly, physicians were not at all like this. They were simply delighted to let everything be random. The point of this story is to illustrate that some people are naturally predisposed to certain paths. My husband was not an engineer. He's an economist. My youngest son described his feeling of the rightness of his decision to be a microbiology major. When he selected microbiology for his major, he was in high school and had never taken a microbiology class. He had researched it a bit and felt that this was his major. In college, when he got into his micro classes, he described the rightness this way. He told me, it feels right and natural to be learning this material, sort of easier on a very gut level. Not that the classes were easy for him. He worked hard, but that on this very basic level, it felt like he was learning exactly what he was supposed to be learning. It felt natural. So tune in to yourself. Pay attention to how you feel in your classes. Never take for granted that a subject that feels easy and natural for you to learn is that way for everyone else. Not that the classes were easy for him. He worked hard, but that on this very basic level, it felt like he was learning exactly what he was supposed to be learning. It felt natural. So tune in to yourself. Pay attention to how you feel in your classes. Never take for granted that a subject that feels easy and natural for you to learn is that way for everyone else. I made that mistake. Accounting came naturally to me. Yes, I still had to work at it, but learning it came pretty readily when I applied myself. I completely disregarded that. I was at a school where students had to get a B or better in the first accounting class if they were going to continue in the business program and I was surrounded by students who were taking that class for the second and third time. I was paying for my education, had never taken accounting before, and I was terrified that I would have to take the class again. I think I was more focused on getting the grade 
than I was on the fact that I got it, that I understood accounting. Don't be like me at that time in my life. Give thought to the things, the classes that resonate with you, that you understand, that when you put effort into, you you just figure it out. These are signs pointing you in the direction of a major that is really what you want to do, what you'll be good at, that's a good fit for you. Above all else, you want it to be your decision and to choose a major that is the best fit for you. In another episode, we'll chat about where you might end up after you've earned a degree that seems to lead you nowhere. For today, pay attention to how you feel and what you want. Family and friends? Well, listen, of course, but follow your own heart. They get to live their lives. You should get to live yours. I hope you have found value in this chat about the importance of finding the major that is right for you. If you want to hear more from me, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by clicking the newsletter link in the show notes. May I ask a favor? If you found this meaningful, please subscribe to the Linda's Life Lessons podcast and tell your friends about this episode. Take a moment, please, to write a review. Connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, and be sure to check out the show notes. Thank you. See you next time. When I'm teaching, I end the week of classes with this message that I will now leave with you, my friend. Have a lovely, fantastic, and fun weekend, and please come back to me safely. See you next time.